This is Authors Alcove, where writers learn from writers. Readers get the inside scoop and everyone learns something. An episode comes out every Wednesday where writers share their latest work. Every other Tuesday, where us writers get taught by such experts as editors, book cover artists, and marketing execs, and beyond. So grab a cup of coffee and let's dive into our next book. Welcome to Authors Alcove. This is your host, Agnes Wolf. Today I have author Cindy Hossein. Um, she is she wrote a series of short stories ranging from Mysterious Stranger to Secret Love Affairs in the ser- in the series Unbeknownst to Her. It's a very quick read. I strongly recommend it. I read it in one day um, while I was doing laundry, actually. And then she, she has a book that is being re- or that was released on November seventh, which would have been yesterday. Um, Scrambled eggs in Venezuela. Cindy, do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and your background? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so I am currently living in Manchester, the United Kingdom. I grew up in South Africa in a really small town. I think we had two traffic lights. And um, after finishing school, I was like most people, many people, you know, unsure what the next step is. I wanted to study, didn't know what to study. So I thought I'd have a gap year. First time away from home, first time on an aeroplane, um, coming to Manchester. Um, it was such an adventure and a scary adventure at the same time. I um, had trouble doing my phone, getting the foreign SIM cards to work. So I went into a local mobile phone shop and met my husband there day one, although we didn't become romantically involved for many (laughs) months after that. But yeah, I believe in fate and I just think that was meant to be. So in Manchester, I was, you know, freshly out of school, had my three beautiful children with my husband. And then once they were all in school, I sort of felt this is my time now. So took up studying creative writing, then COVID hit and, um, I felt like a lot of people stuck in a box with my children and uh, creative writing then especially was my savior. And it was just such an outlet. And um, yeah, the rest is history. Here I am so many years later. Did you always see yourself as a writer? Uh, I've I've always seen myself as a creative person. And I think um, we shouldn't restrict ourselves to just a writer or, or just an artist. You know, I remember growing up and making pretend radio shows and hosting my dog on there. And, you know, artistically, I can't draw to save my life, but I've always, you know, made little plays and stuff like that. So this is just another outlet for me. Um, So I didn't, I know some people wake up and go, going to write a book, I'm going to write a novel. But for me, this is just an outlet of my creativity. So I didn't always see that, but I'm happy I am where I am now and I'm enjoying it. Awesome. So you just released Scrambled Eggs in Venezuela. Um, what is What would you say the genre is? So I, it's adventure and romance, but it's very lightly romance. I think the market at the moment, um, people love reading dark romance, heavy, which is great. I mean, I it's my guilty pleasure. I do indulge in that myself for occasionally, but uh, this is very... 
I wanted my granny to read it and not go, oh my gosh, who have I raised? <laughs> so um, it's very lightly romanced. A lot of the things happen, you know, inside of the thoughts more than exterior, but it's adventure and mystery at the same time. What was your inspiration behind the book? Um, I watched it. I'm not actually sure if we're allowed to say this. I watched a television program called Afterlife by Ricky Gervais. And it's just a very morbid show. I mean, it's got a lovely meaning behind it. His wife passes away. But the, the main character there in there is so morbid and so depressed because he's lost the love of his life. And I remember the series ending and I was utterly utterly gutted that it wasn't a happy ending and I just went that's not good enough I need to redo this so it's not <laughs> it's not the show at all but my the main character is just a really morbid grumpy old man and it, with a happy ending at the end I just didn't, didn't want it to end in the same way but it's completely unrelated to the show obviously <laughs> but he had to have a happy ending it just was not because um, I think especially in reading if it's a film you're watching um yes you can just switch to something different if you don't like it in the middle of the book but I think reading especially investing so much time into it uh, hours of your life so if if you've done that and you're not happy with the ending that's really disappointing so I wanted something that I would be happy with um, do you mind just sharing the basic synopsis of the story without giving any spoilers? Uh, yes, it is um, an Irish immigrant is the main character living in America. His wife passes away, ends up going to Venezuela to rekindle some of the memories they had there. Um, whilst in Venezuela, he has a mishap with so a local gang, no fault of his own. And... Um, he ends up starting a romantic relationship with one of the local gang members. And it's without giving too much away, it's a happy ever after ending. <laughs> um, I find the title very unusual. And I'm curious, what's the backstory behind Scrambled Eggs? I know, I know. Um, it's not a cookbook. That's I'd <laughs> like to make that clear. Uh, the character actually meets or gets introduced to a gang members that he doesn't know are gang members at a street cafe because he's, um, he escapes his hotel every morning to get wander the streets of Venezuela without his security guards. Because obviously, you know, at the moment, unfortunately, it's a really dangerous place. So he's had, he has security guards with him at all times. But that's his one hour of the day. He's got freedom when, when they suspect he's still asleep. So he goes to the local cafe every morning and has scrambled eggs in Venezuela. And that's where he also meets, you know, that he's love interest as well. So I just thought... It's not breakfast at Tiffany's, it's scrambled eggs in Villasaila, so. That, that's cute. So you, this is your first novella, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So how is it different writing the novella as opposed to your short stories that you wrote for Unbeknownst to Her? I suppose, yeah, it's a lot more stamina involved. Uh, there's something I really had, because I, I love writing flash, uh, flash fiction. I'm, I'm not a person with a lot of patience. So short stories, my cup of tea, I really enjoy writing that. This I had to put a lot more planning into. And, you know, once you get to the end of the chapter, where I would usually end it on a cliffhanger in a short story, I realized, oh, got another chapter to go and another chapter to go. So it's more planning involved, more thinking it, can I bring this in yet? Or is this not the time for it? So 
I had to be a bit better with my planning. So one of the things that you had mentioned is that English is not actually your first language. What type of challenges did you encounter because of it? And maybe give a little bit of background of what actually is your language and how you learned English. So I speak Afrikaans, um, which is similar to Dutch. And um, I still think in Afrikaans. I catch myself still counting in Afrikaans. I still tell my children off in Afrikaans in public. Um, so, you know, which I find that is the best advantage of, of any foreign language. You can tell your child off with a smile in public and no one will be surprised. <laughs> So the challenge for me is I, I speak English fluently and my husband's English. Obviously, my children go to English schools. So I am quite competent in it. But you will still make grammatical errors that a, a native tongue won't make. And you will often use wrong tenses. So I find that I have to work really hard in in my head, the story sounds amazing, but sometimes when I put it down on paper, it, it's really infantile and I have to work at it and edit it an enormous amount to get it to where I'm happy with it. Who has helped you um, make it so that it's more fluent? Do you have like proofreaders, editors, like how, what is your process? As so as first I do the, the draft like most people would do then I put it away I forget that I've written it for a good few weeks and then I try and look at it objectively then I will do as much of the editing as I can myself and um, you know but you can't be 100% objective you won't see everything then I will have a close group I send it to which um, I'm not sure whether they like it or not but usually my mother and my lovely neighbor and auntie you know somebody I would trust to tell me we don't like this or without you know fearing that they defend me but then again I have to say that a lot of these people are not English speak you know native English speakers so they don't pick up all the faults but I have found that as then it's gone to an editor but the lovely publisher I'm with instead of doing a complete I wouldn't say rewrite, but instead of doing an enormous amount of editing, purely look on line edits to try and make sure that they try and keep it as authentic as you want it, but they try and make sure your tenses are right and your grammar is right. So go through their editor and then we do arc readers, of course, which they often pick up many faults that editors miss and you miss and, and which I think is really brilliant, fresh eyes. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's switch over to Unbeknownst to Her. It is a series of four flash fiction, like you had mentioned, short stories. Um, yeah. What was your inspiration for writing this particular series? And what is the common thread between all four? My inspiration for write, um well, like four very different stories, although they've got a theme that runs through them, which is betrayal or, you know, you really can't trust anyone and, and shock. I really went for the shock element, but I, they're all because it's four completely different stories. They were written at four different times in my life and different things. So they each have their own thing that inspired them. And I, I found that I really like writing mysteries like that. And they happened. I don't know, but I have a really good life and a good relationship just for the record. But it, at that time when I was writing, it just, I just like writing things where they get betrayed. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we like to 
you know, live in someone else's life for a little bit. And that allows us to when we're writers. It's just adventurous, isn't it? Yes. And yours are definitely shocking at the end. And like, I think it was the fourth one where I actually read it twice because when I got to the end, I was like, hey, wait a moment. And so I read it over again because I was like, what did I not catch? And then when I read it again, I'm like, oh. All right, so what is the significance behind the title Unbeknownst to Her? So I did some research about compiling stories, short stories together. And um, unless if you're really well established as an orphan, you've got a massive audience and following, I, I think it's important to make sure you've got a theme for everything. You know, they're all tied together. Otherwise, you could get a bunch of random stuff and somebody might not like one genre and it's stuck in there and that might influence how they perceive your book. So um, I, d- I just had a look at all the stories individually. I thought, what is the main thing that goes through them? There's a woman being shocked at the end of how, how events have turned out. So she really doesn't know what's going on. So, so that's, the, yeah, that's how I came upon that. So is there any of the stories that have like a special place in your heart more than the others? Uh, they all, I think any stories as writers, they all like our babies if you want. And um, But I, there's one I particularly enjoyed writing more than the others so much. And that was Precious Picks, which is the one because I just felt like an inspector. It has a bit of, you know, that... Um, finding out who's done what sort of thing going on and I like knowing something that the characters didn't know so I really like throwing that on the characters I really enjoyed writing that and I think that's important you have to like writing or what you're writing yes definitely um is it was there any story that was more challenging to write than others and that includes your novella or whatever so what was the most challenging? I would one? say I'd go back to Ink Jeans, which is um, the second story in the book. That was challenging because I actually, it had, that was my screenplay format. So um, I, wa- I got to a final competition with a screenplay with that. And then I decided I'm going to turn it into a short story. So adapting that was quite challenging because I do write in a very visual sense. I do think... Um, I write in a cinematic sense so I can really see, you know, there's not that much internal thought. It's all very much, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. So that for me was quite challenging to get it completely out of that and get it into, you know, fiction genre again and not screen genre, if you want. So you actually chose to do traditional publishing. Had you even considered self-publishing or did you know that you were just going to go traditional? So unbeknownst to her, I was well and truly on my way to self-publishing that while I was querying scrambled eggs in Venezuela. And I had a date set at my, you know, barcodes, bought everything. And then my lovely publisher accepted scrambled eggs in Venezuela. And then I thought I had a meeting with her as well. And I thought, while I'm at it, let me just check. And I said, well, I've got this. It's coming out soon. She said, can I have a read? Which she did. And she went, actually, we'd like to do this one as well. So um, I, I'm really glad I did. I think publishing as an indie publisher is wonderful. But for me, now now knowing where I am now, I know I wouldn't have been ready. 
I I didn't I didn't even know what our creator was. So many things I've now learned being with a publisher. I think I would if I could go back in time and I was still adamant on doing the indie thing. I would go calm down, do more research. Yes, do it, but know what you're doing. Don't just fly because you want to make a good impression, don't you? So yeah. Well, you said that you didn't know what an ARC reader is, and um, I, this podcast is for authors. I think there's a lot of them, like people don't know what beta readers, ARC readers. Do you mind sharing what an ARC reader is and what they did for you? So an ARC reader is once you've got your novel to as good as you can get it, and you're sure that that's the final product you want to produce to the world, uh, you have a team of ARC readers. Now you can get them. They, you'll see there's many, many Facebook groups where people say we want to be ARC readers. You basically send everybody signed up. They sign a little agreement saying they won't um, copy anything in the material and they won't reproduce it, etc. And you send them a digital copy of your um, novel and they will have a read of it. And hopefully, although, you know, you can't force them, but hopefully write your nice review. Um, but I found them invaluable because... I think as any as any author, you self-doubt yourself all the time. And I've had so many lovely emails, people going, you know, even before the release date, because they tend to wait to give reviews till after the release date. But obviously you send the arcs out pre the release date. So um, I've had lovely, lovely emails, people saying they really enjoyed it or asking questions. And then I have had a few people going, oh, did you know there's a typo on this page? And then that's been really great we've picked up quite a few like that so that's been really really good I'm really grateful for them and I know ARC means advanced reader copy is what it stands for yeah um so what was the process like for you for the traditional publishing because I think a lot of people are going more for self-publishing these days what what was the process like for traditional so um I chose not to go for an agent because um I just thought I was I never went for one of the big publishers because I I wanted somebody who would be more individual with to me, if that makes sense. I didn't want to be just another number. Although don't get me wrong, if they came knocking at the door, I wouldn't have said no. But um so I queried lots and lots and lots of publishers. And I think that's the one main thing I loved about becoming a writer and just being brave to accept rejection, just going, I'm going to query it. And if it doesn't come through, so be it. So I think it's given me a really hard skin, but I've queried lots and lots of publishers, got partial reads from some, uh, some people, you know, you get your rejections as you do. And then um, I found this publisher and they liked my work. And I, it was just, they are quite new as well. They 2021, they started and the, uh, um, CEO still does a say, you know, own books and stuff. So she's trying to juggle all these balls, but they are amazing. And I'm so happy I went for a small publisher because they're so responsive. I feel like we're a little team working together to get these books out. So it's been a very, very positive experience for me so far. That's awesome. Do you mind sharing who the publisher is? Warrior yes. Rest They're Publishers. So what surprised you most about the tradition going on um, the process of traditional? Um, uh, what surprised me most, it would be that um, our publisher supplies every author with their own PA. 
Now that feels really amazing to be able to say that I've got, I've got my own PA, but it's just there's one individual you work with personally and they will help you with all your marketing things. So they will put, they will get your advanced readers for you. And uh, my lovely PA has just made me, so they do all the creative bits. So they've just made me a lovely poster that I intend to print on this side and, uh, you know, really slap on everywhere I can find. So <laughs> um, they just, it's nice that you've got, that one person you're working with that's dedicated just to you. So that was lovely. I actually was very curious about it because I've never um, done the, I've never published a book, just um, articles. So uh, how many queries do you think that you sent? You said a lot, but you didn't say a number. Do you know? Oh, we're talking the better part of 50, if not more. I just, I, I went I had a massive list and I just highlighted everyone that I sent out and then, you know, yes or no, yes or no. It was like a system. And I just made a decision. That I'm not going to take it personally. Cause I think if you do, you, you can get quite upset. Cause I don't think it's ever somebody puts your work down. It's simply with, we've got a hands full at the moment or it's not quite the right fit, et cetera. So I just, I was like a machine, just like, never mind, never mind. Next one, next one, next one. So yeah the better part of 50 at least and I know many authors do a lot more than that so I feel really really lucky that I heard that and that it ended there that's awesome so do you have anything in the works right now um at the moment so I'm finishing my degree in creative writing so I've got a few assignments there I'm trying to focus on but I have started outlining um another one which um it's only basic very basic to start with at the moment but I can tell you it involves an art dealer and um, a carer etc etc but like I say we're only in the only in the baby stages so it, it will be a long while yet do you know if it's going to be a novel a novella or what are you thinking oh, it's going I am uh, I don't think I'll ever be one of those people who can write 300 pages odd it's just not me I'm impatient I want to move to the next story but I'm I've made a goal for myself to do a word count that's high enough for the publisher to go we can justify the printing cost by printing this because I love reading book paper books myself and I love this smile and I'd love to display it on the wall so I yeah it's going to be I would say a short novel and not a novella so yeah that's my goal <laughs> Good luck with that. So um, I just want to thank you so much for being on here, but I ask everybody this question. And so I'm going to ask you, what would be one piece of advice you would give to an unpublished author looking to publish a novella or a short story series? One piece of advice is don't give up. There are days you're going to think you're really rubbish at this. There are days you're not going to believe in your dream anymore, but that those days will pass. Like, don't give up, don't because you will regret it. Just carry on, carry on. It, even if at the end of the day you write only for yourself, just don't give up. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having you coming on. And like I said, unbeknownst to her is really good. Have not read Scrambled thank Eggs you. in Venezuela, but I do plan on it. Um, oh, thank you. So um, thank you very much. And your book, you can get them on Amazon anywhere else? Uh, over 40 distributors. So just the main one in America, that would be the main ones. It would be Amazon and, you, yeah. But I've got a link tree um, thing, but... Uh, that asks all the things, but yeah, Amazon's the main one, but there's over 40 distributors. I can't call it, you know, yeah. recall.
people now, but yes. That's awesome. So I will make sure that I get um, the show link or the links in the show notes so that way people can check it out and all of that. And again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you meeting me. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Authors Alcove. We will be back next week on Wednesday where we will have a writer share yet another piece of work. Also, every other Tuesday, we do learn from experts such as editors, marketing execs, book cover artists, illustrators, and more. If you are interested in being a guest on our show, feel free to go to authorsalcove.com, go to the podcast tab, and then click on Be a Guest. If you're looking for a healed heart, hop on over to our sister podcast, Strength, Love, and Healing with Authors Alcove. You can find that on Spotify and the Apple Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great day.